You are listening to the Mystical City of God in the Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I'm reading and reflecting on this four-volume, over 2,500-page work of the Venerable Maria Vagrida. If you'd like to read along, you can get your own four volumes from Tan Books. And when you go over to their website, use the code PODCAST15, and you'll save 15% off at checkout. And if you want to discuss today's readings, go over to Facebook and find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group, and there you'll be able to share your own reflections with others who are listening and reading along. Today is day 49, and we continue reading where we left off yesterday, from Book 2, Chapter 1, Paragraphs 422 to 428. They arrived at the Holy Temple, and the Blessed Anne, on entering, took her daughter and mistress by the hand, accompanied and assisted by St. Joachim. All three offered a devout and fervent prayer to the Lord, the parents offering to God their daughter and the Most Holy Child in profound humility, adoration, and worship, offering up herself. She alone perceived that the Most High received and accepted her, and amid divine splendor which filled the temple. She heard a voice saying to her, Come, my beloved, my spouse, come to my temple, where I wish to hear the voice of praise and worship. Having offered their prayers, they rose and betook themselves to the priest. The parents consigned their child into the hands, and he gave them his blessing. Together they conducted her to the portion of the temple buildings, where many young girls lived to be brought up in their retirement and in virtuous habits, until old enough to assume the state of matrimony. It was a place of retirement, especially selected for the firstborn daughters of the royal tribe of Judah and the sacerdotal tribe of Levi. Fifteen stairs led up to the entrance of these apartments. Other priests came down these stairs in order to welcome the blessed child Mary. The one that had received them, being according to the law, one of the minor order, placed her on the first step. Mary, with his permission, turned and, kneeling down before Joachim and Anne, asked their blessing and kissed their hands, recommending herself to their prayers before God. The holy parents, in tenderest tears, gave her their blessing, whereupon she ascended the fifteen stairs without any assistance. She hastened upward with incomparable fervor and joy, neither turning back nor shedding tears, nor showing any childish regret at parting from her parents. To see her in so tender an age, so full of strange majesty and firmness of mind, excited an admiration of all those present, the priests received her among the rest of the maidens, and St. Simeon consigned her to the teachers, one of whom was the prophetess Anna. This holy matron had been prepared by the Lord by his special grace and enlightenment, so that she joyfully took charge of this child of Joachim and Anne. She considered the charge of a special favor of divine providence and merited by her holiness and virtue to have her as a disciple who was to be the mother of God and mistress of all creatures. Sorrowfully, her parents Joachim and Anne retraced their journey to Nazareth, now poor as deprived of the rich treasure of their house. But the Most High consoled and comforted them in their affliction. The holy priest Simeon, although he did not at this time know of the mystery enshrined in the child Mary, obtained great light as to her sanctity and her special selection by the Lord. Also, the other priests, looking upon her with great reverence and esteem, and ascending the fifteen stairs of the child, brought to fulfillment that which Jacob saw happening in sleep, for here too were angels ascending and descending, the ones accompanying the others meeting their queen as she hastened up. Whereas, at the top of God, was waiting in order to welcome her as his daughter and spouse, she also felt by the effects of the overflowing love that this truly was the house of God and the portal of heaven. 
The child Mary, when brought to her teacher, knelt in profound humility before her and asked her blessing. She begged to be admitted among those under her direction, obedience and counsel, and asked her kind forbearance in the labor and trouble which she would occasion. The prophetess Anne, her teacher, received her with pleasure, and said to her, My daughter, thou shalt find in me a helpful mother, and I will take care of thee, of thy education, with all possible solicitude. Then the holy child proceeded to address herself with the same humility to all the maidens which were then present. Each one she greeted and embraced, offering herself as their servant, and requesting them as older and more advanced than she in the duties of their position, to instruct and command her. She also gave them thanks, that without her merit they admitted her to their company. Instruction given me by the Most Holy Virgin Mary. My daughter, the greatest happiness which can befall any soul in this mortal life is that the Almighty call her to his house consecrated to his service, for by this benefit he rescues the soul from a dangerous slavery and relieves her of the vile servitude of the world, where deprived of true liberty she eats her bread in the sweat of her brow who is so dull and insipid as not to know the dangers of the worldly life, which is hampered by all the abominable and most wicked laws and customs introduced by the astuteness of the devil and the perversity of men. The better part is religious life and retirement. In it is found security outside of a torment and a stormy sea, full of sorrow and unhappiness. Through the hardness of their heart and the total forgetfulness of themselves, men do not know this truth and are not attracted by its blessings. But thou, O soul, be not deaf to the voice of the Most High. Attend and correspond to it in thy actions. I wish to remind thee that one of the greatest snares of the demon is to counteract the call of the Lord whenever he seeks to attract and incline the soul to a life of perfection and his service. Even by itself, the public and sacred act of receiving the habit and entering religion, although it is not always performed with proper fervor and purity of intention, is enough to rouse the wrath and fury of the infernal dragon and his demons. For they know that this act tends not only to the glory of the Lord and the joy of the holy angels, but that religious life will bring the soul to holiness and perfection. It very often happens that they who have received the habit with earthly and human motives are afterwards visited by divine grace, which perfects them and sets all things right. If this is possible even when the beginning was without a good intention, how much more powerful and efficacious will be the light and influence of grace and the discipline of religious life, when the soul enters under the influence of divine love, and with a sincere and earnest desire of finding God, and of serving and loving Him, before the Most High reforms or advances those who for any reason enter the religious state, it is no more than right that in turning away from the world they avert also their eyes from it, and blot out from their memory all its images, forgetting all that they have in so praiseworthy a manner left behind. Those that neglect this requirement and are ungrateful and disloyal toward God will doubtlessly fall under the punishment of the wife of Lot, Genesis 19.26. And if, on account of the goodness of God, they do not suffer this punishment in an equally open and visible manner, they nevertheless undergo it interiorly, remaining congealed and full of dryness without fervor or advance in virtue. Forsaken by grace, they thus do not attain the end of their vocation, make no progress in religion, nor find any spiritual consolation in it, and do not merit to be visited by the Lord as children, but to be left to their own resources like unfaithful and fugitive slaves. Remember, Mary, that for thee all the world must be crucified and dead, that thou must have for it no memory, retain none of its images, pay it no attention, nor have any inclination toward any of its creatures. 
If sometimes it is necessary to exercise charity with thy neighbors, see that thou ordain it well, and that thou safeguard beforehand the good of thy soul, its security and quiet, its interior tranquility and peace. In these points, as far as it is possible, without sin, I admonish and command thee to go to the greatest extremes, if thou wishest to remain in my school. This concludes our reading today for day 49 from the mystical city of God. Today we are reading from Book 2, Chapter 1, Paragraphs 422 to 428. And so in today's reading we have Mary being dropped off at the temple, that Jochumanan journey there, and they leave Mary at the temple. As they arrive at the temple, they enter and they say, All three offered a devout and fervent prayer to the Lord. The parents offering to God their daughter and the most holy child in profound humility, adoration, and worship, offering up herself. What a beautiful sentiment. Jochum and Anne praying for Mary, offering her to God. Every time you enter the church, pray for your children. Offer them to God as you go into the pew and sit down and kneel there. Say, Lord Jesus, I offer to you my daughters and my sons. Name them. Give them to the Lord. Ask the Blessed Mother to watch over them. Maybe ask St. Joseph to help uh, your sons uh, to be the men that God calls them to be. And so I think that's one thing we can take away, uh, just to really sit with that, that we can offer our own children to God in a similar way each and every time we go to church. Sorrowfully, her parents, Jochum and Anne, retraced their journey to Nazareth, now poor as deprived of the rich treasure of their house. And so there is a poverty in the sense of they're giving Mary to the temple. And they're retracing now. They're going back home. And as I read that, and then we heard the connection. So in the instruction given by the Blessed Mother, she connects this to the religious life, to a young woman going off to the convent and becoming a religious sister. And that's what I thought of as I read that. I thought, wow, that's like a mom and a dad going to the convent, taking their daughter there, and then they have to go home. They go home without their daughter. So this is an experience that people still have today in the sense of religion, that they give their daughter to the church. And some are cloistered, meaning they will never leave the cloister. They'll never touch them again. They'll never embrace them. They'll always meet them behind a grill, while others are in the active life. So they might come home for a holiday visit, They might come home for a week or two for that home visit that they are allotted. And so there is this connection then between Mary's presentation and that of consecrated life. I just want you to listen to this again. And it might be worth just closing your eyes and trying to envision this as it happens. Then the holy child proceeded to address herself with the same humility To all the maidens which were then present, each one she greeted and embraced, offering herself as their servant and requesting them as older and more advanced than she in the duties of their position to instruct and command her. She also gave them thanks that without her merit they admitted her to their company. I just could picture as I read that again. Mary going to these other girls who are there in the temple, embracing them, hugging them. Mary listening to them. Mary offering these words that she's speaking to them. Can you just close your eyes and envision the Blessed Virgin among other women who are now in the temple as well? Perhaps it's a good reminder for us 
to pray for vocations to the priests and the consecrated life, to pray for holy families, that other parents like Joachim and Anne will willingly give their children to the service of God and the church. Because one of the problems, I believe, with our vocation shortage is the fact that with smaller families, it's not really being encouraged, and individuals might not feel like they can respond to a call to the religious life without some sort of hurt to their family. So I would just encourage you to pray for holy families and an openness to vocations to the priesthood and consecrated life. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I'm reading the mystical city of God. I hope that you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.